Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, show where you get comics and you get sports. And today we're going to be doing a lot of comics as we're going to be talking about Season 3 of CW's The Arrow TV show. And uh, at the end we'll probably talk a little about a few of the other comic booky type rumors that are going on right now. But um, my partner for this pod today is the man who a couple weeks ago did the season one flash review with me. Uh, Kevin Miller, how's it going, buddy? Not too bad. How you doing? I've uh, been better. Um, some punk ass kid shot a golf ball through the window of my car. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I swear. I don't know. So I just I went out to get in my car today and I turned the car on, looked out the back window to back into the driveway and couldn't see out the window because there, you know, the glass was all shattered out of it. And right. Jeez. Looked in the back and there was a golf ball, so I'm pretty pissed so off. This is at your that. house. Yeah, it was just in my driveway. So, okay, so happy Gilmore situation. Then. Yeah, I'm just I'm naturally assuming that some kids were just firing golf balls around and one went through my windshield and they just hit that it. guy. Exactly. Oh, I forgot. Stand in there. Yeah. That sucks, man. Oh, it's terrible. What are you gonna do? And all I could do is get my window fixed and hope that. Uh, the people responsible for this, I don't know, get AIDS or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I might go that far. I might go that far. Maybe not AIDS. Maybe just a nice case of the herp. Maybe they just get herpes. Um, so transitioning for off of that. <laughs> All right. Well. Um, you are a man who in the last week watched about 20 hours of Arrow in order to prep yourself for this podcast. While moving, yes. While moving. It was an incredible feat. <laughs> I um, lost a lot of sleep for a lot of reasons, but uh, no, it was it was entertaining at least. Yeah, I, I chose to go the more traditional route, and I watched it uh, weekly on, on the old uh, PVR there. Well, that's crazy, Pierce. Yeah, I know. It's just who does that? <laughs> who watches sorta, TV? Basically. Um. Let's just start with it. Uh, give me your overall thoughts on season three of The Arrow. Um, it was, I don't know. I, I'm torn because there were certain characters that as soon as they were on screen, like my eyes lit up because they really improved a few characters and really ruined, not ruined, but a few other characters took a massive backslide in my opinion. Um, and I'm not sure that overall it was as interesting a season premise as the previous season was. Yeah, and it certainly wasn't as much fun to watch as The Flash, I felt like. I oh, think no, definitely. Was. I mean, in the, in the wake of, of season two of Arrow, which I really liked and felt really cohesive. Yes. Um, and in the wake of more recently The Flash, which uh, maybe not as cohesive, but definitely a lot of fun. And that made up for it in a lot of ways. Uh, season three of Arrow was neither a ton of fun nor super compelling, and and uh, they brought our boy Roz into it, and it's unfortunate that it turned out the way it did. I mean, he was he was great. I enjoyed the the first handful of scenes that he was in. Uh, God, I don't even know where to start on this. <laughs> no, just go get. You can get right into it if you want. Like we, um, we can jump right to Raz Al Ghul if if you feel like it. Uh, that's where I want to go. I think. I mean, they've they've been setting him up a lot. They kind of introduced the League of Assassins, I believe, last season, 
with uh, Sarah's return as the canary. Yes, absolutely. Second yeah, season. so so there were a lot of, you know, oh, the demon head, and, you know, Nyssa was showing up and talking about how she's the heir of the demon head and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, the League of Assassins and Ra's al Ghul, and he's this powerful figure. And I thought that they were going to kind of leave it at that. Like, he's this character that, yes, it's kind of a name drop, but we'll see the League of Assassins, but, uh, you know... Ra's al Ghul would never deign to stick his head into Oliver Queen's business, necessarily. Kind of like the first few episodes of the Daredevil series, where, the, like, the Kingpin is just this ghost that no one, they're like, don't say his name, and stuff like that, right? And yeah, yeah. Like, well, and, and I understand that that's what they were doing with that, with the Daredevil. Um, I don't know how I could compare it. It's more like, um, kind of what they were doing with, uh, um the like Batman begins where they kind of name drop the Joker at the end and had it kind of be a tease. And it was enough to kind of set it up for the next season, which I figured may have been like a, like I think Roz would have been a better season four villain for arrow. Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, like I, I, I can't really say what I would have replaced them with because I don't know their, um, you know, the green arrow as well as you do, but um, it, it felt like, I don't know. To to have him in there is one thing, and like at first, I really liked what they were doing. Like to they had that duel up on the mountains, which was an incredible scene. Yes, uh, and and was totally Roz when he's like, "Oh, I don't have you know you're unarmed. I don't want to fight you if you're unarmed." And he's like, "I'll take your swords when you're done with them." I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome!" <laughs> like that was a really fun scene. Not yeah. fun, but it was really awesome to watch. Like that was a I'm not gonna blink because I don't want to miss a fraction of a second of this. Yeah, that but might have been. To have that go to oh Oliver's alive and oh that's because there's some mystical prophecy that he'll be the one to replace Ra's al Ghul. I'm like, what does Batman have to say about all this? Yeah, that that's the thing that it's tough for hardcore DC comic guys to buy was because there was a lot of moments like like a lot of the times and this is another thing where everything at DC kind of centers around Batman at least it does in my mind but um, he like when you watch movies with Batman in it, you kind of go like, especially in the old Tim Burton ones, like if you watch Tim Burton, there's a lot of moments where you're like, yeah, that's not my Batman. Nah, that's not my Batman. But then he does something and you're like, oh yeah, that's my Batman right there. Like they right. get some of it right. They let's get nuts. <laughs> yeah, like the, yeah, like that was the least Bruce Wayne, like the let's get the least Bruce Wayne moment in the history of the character. But Batman, you know, diving through the skylight to punch the Joker in the face, that's that's Batman, right? Like, like right, he did right. that that same movie. Um, but this one, you could do, you could kind of do the same thing with Ra or with Razo Ghul or Rachel Ghul, whatever you want to call him. In this one, where there's scenes where you're like, like back and forth on that too, basically. <laughs> I like that they went back and forth on that too. On Raz and Rach, yeah, yeah, and it was like whoever was saying it, like depending on who was saying it, and it was usually like if you're in the League of Assassins, you're calling him Rachel Ghul, and like if you're a white person, you're something. <laughs> Yeah, because but Which if, I thought was fun. <laughs> I've always preferred Rachel Ghoul to be uh, if I could have my pick. Although Razel Ghoul sounds more threatening, I think. Uh, I like Raz just because I like the you know the sun god Ra. It kind of lends some importance to the name. Mm. Um. So yeah, but I was what I was saying was there. There's a lot of moments where you're like, yeah, that's Rachel Ghoul. Yeah, that's Rachel Ghoul. Oh yeah, that's my Rachel Ghoul. 
And then like there's a few other ones where you're like that that that's definitely not my racial go. What? What, what are you do doing? That? Yeah, it's like what he wouldn't do that. Like like to me, I think they had the least racial ghoul moment in the history of the character in this show. And I understand they like to adjust. I had a couple where at the moment, and and it's going to be hard to like I've watched probably ten episodes within the last twenty four hours, so it's going to be hard to or maybe more than twenty four hours, but it's, it's going to be hard to kind of go back mentally and say oh that one and that one and that one. But there were a few where I'm like I wonder what Pierce has to say about this. <laughs> yeah, like for instance, everything leading up to that mountaintop fight scene, which was probably the best fight scene in the history of or it was probably the best scene in the history of the show for me. Anyway, it was the scene I was most invested in. And I was like, Oh my God. And that episode, if you were watching that on TV, that was the mid season break. Right. So Roz kicked Oliver off the mountain. And mm-hmm. then it was like, see you in a month yeah. and a half. Episode <laughs> over. <laughs> exactly. And it was like, Oh my God. Um, that fight was awesome. And even though there were like a couple of continuity errors and on a couple of the wide shots, um, you could clearly tell that it was uh, oh yeah yeah Where... the guys the guys stunt double and stuff like that. <laughs> that's Lubins. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's Shatner, that's Lubins. But like you could tell. But I was only able to point that out because I've watched that scene. I've rewatched that scene so many times oh, on okay. YouTube because it was See, just I only, that I noticed this freaking good where he puts the sword through all of yeah, his chest but then, then the next episode shows him like in the it's got like a wound in his abs well yeah also in, in that very scene um the the stab wound actually disappeared there was a continuity error because uh, okay. they kind of reused two shots like there's the one like um there because there were two wounds that Rish gave him he clipped him on like the kind of like love handle type area mm-hmm. and did like a swipe and that was what dropped um, Oliver Queen to his knees, and then when Oliver Queen hit his knees, you get a wide shot of him, uh, of the back of Stephen Amell, uh, and the front half of uh, the guy playing Rachel Ghoul, whose name is currently escaping me. Uh-huh. Um, and then that shot they used a couple of times because it was just a nice, cool looking shot that they were like, oh my God, I love this shot. We're, we're going to reuse this a couple of times. But they reused it after Rach stabbed him in the chest because Rach like stabs him in the chest pulls the sword out and then starts giving him a prayer mm-hmm. before he kicks him off the mountain. And then one of the shots was the, like after he stabbed them was the reshot of the first of Stephen Amell, like dropping to his knees. So he was missing the, uh, the stab wound that he should have had. Right. And then, but like, that's just, I like, I don't want to be that guy. And I'm just saying, I didn't notice that the first time I watched it. I didn't even notice it until like the seventh or eighth time I watched it. Cause that fight scene was so goddamn good. And like, that was the most racial ghoul moment that they had on the show. Like you said earlier, when he was like, Oh, I'll take the blades from you. And then just like, and that entire time I was thinking they couldn't do it because it would ruin the show for the rest of, uh, the expanded universe yeah well no it would just ruin the show because you, you'd expect it you, you would expect it to happen every time anybody got in trouble afterwards but i was thinking how cool it would have been because like that scene was the last episode or was the last episode before the mid-season break i was thinking it would have been even cooler if it like rachel ghoul like after he you know sliced uh oliver on the on the side and dropped into his knees when he pulled the sword back for for the stab after he did that like prayer if you heard and then like so, like the sword got knocked out of Rache's hand and then there was just like a batarang in the snow there that they were fighting on and then it was like that like a camera just pans down to a batarang in the snow like I would have creamed my pants but well, there's yeah. no there's <laughs> no way they could. you can't do that I mean no, that's, that's... 
That's then, your fanfic. <laughs> exactly. I know, it's a total thing in my head where I would be like, oh my god, if this was the comics, that could happen. But you can't do it in the show because you can't invoke Batman. Because then the rest of the show would be like, well, why don't you just call Batman for help, right? <laughs> like, well, yeah. And it kind of got into that, where it's like, oh, Oliver's got a plan, you know, in the, I think the season finale, right up to the end, where it's like, do we trust him? Do we not trust him? I mean, we have every reason not to. Um, and then, you know, Barry says, I've cut it out of the blue, and they're like, oh, yeah, I guess we could have thought of that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I was saying, so that was the most Ra's al Ghul moment. Now, there were a couple of non Ra's moments, like, mm. when he says to, I don't, like... <sighs> Like the um, the, I think, like like him killing Thea. That was also a pretty Razal Raish moment, right? Like Raish, like just whooping Thea's ass in the. Uh, oh yeah, in, in the loft. In that loft, that giant set loft thing that they had, and then he like stabbed her, and he was like, "This is how I'm gonna get him." And like a lot of him, like just like, you know, picking apart his life piece by piece to try to get him to like blowing up the city and defaming his name and getting him framed for murder and stuff. Those are all stuff that Rachel Gould would do because he's not only about attacking your body, but attacking your mind as well. Mm-hmm. But like the scene when Oliver's like, yeah, I'll be your guy. And then Diggle and Felicity and everybody are all in non Parbat, or at least, which is kind of cool that we got to go to non Parbat, or at least the, the set of non Parbat anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was like, like when Raish went up to him and was like, this will be your last night as a free man, so you should probably bang that leggy blonde. <laughs> or whatever. Like, obviously, he put it more eloquently than that. But, like, essentially the gist of his conversation was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like, this is your last chance. You should probably fuck the blonde. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, man. And, like, I don't know. There were a couple other, like... Well, I'll just ask you right now. How did you feel about the very last scene when you see, well, first off, Rachel Ghoul getting picked. Another non Rachel Ghoul moment is him getting sniped by a random police sniper from fucking Starling City, right? Like that, like, like what a what a what a terrible ending <laughs> like, for that. What? <laughs> yeah, like, like now we both know he's not dead because he's Rachel Ghoul and he cannot die. But like, for like you to build an entire season around Rachel Ghoul, one of the greatest, you know. Like, Batman's greatest enemy, for God's sake. Batman. The Batman. His greatest enemy is beat by the Green Arrow, which is enough of a stretch for me already, even though I love Oliver Queen. It's enough of a stretch for me already. And then for, like, the last scene of their fight to be him, Oliver Queen, kind of pushing Rachel Ghoul forward, and then a sniper shooting him in the chest and him just going, oh, and falling into a waterfall i i was a bit disappointing for me i don't know what did you think uh i thought the same and uh it's the same thing that i was trying to kind of get at it before where it seems like i understand why they did it and it kind of worked for what they were building up to last season but it rachel ghoul and the green arrow seems like a mismatch in my opinion and and i can see why as a sort of made for tv batman analog why it kind of worked for to introduce this character to kind of tear apart all of the heroes relationships and try to you know tear his city down to get him to basically lose his mind and do something that he wasn't willing to do before like it it kind of works but um the 
season finale, especially very anticlimactic. I didn't much care for it. No, especially after we got that awesome, like, like if you watch that in like week to week with, like I did with flash to get that flash ending that we got. Yeah. And then a week later, get this from arrow and arrow is kind of supposed to be the one that the flash, you know, leads off of, Mm -hmm. um, for that, to kind of be the ending to Arrow, I was kind of like, boy, that's, that's, I'm just going to wash my hands of that because that's not my racial rule. <laughs> it wasn't great. Yeah. As, as much as I don't care for the premise of the season, I think that it could have been done better. I don't know how necessarily, but it didn't really work for me. Um, but like I said, there were other things that did work for me. Like there were a lot of decent character moments in it. Um, like I can give you like a list of like every single character and whether I like them more or less after this. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do that. Um, um, cause you mentioned earlier that you, you, you felt like some characters took a step back for you this season. Um, yeah. uh, name a couple and why you think they went. Uh, well, I don't know if you can count Laura Lance because she was never really high up in my list to begin with. No, not a fun version. I mean, she's getting she got a little better towards the end of the season. She did, which also kind of bothered me. Because, like, three episodes prior would show her getting beat to shit by some, like, random Starling City thugs. And then, like, in the season finale, it shows her taking down, like, three League of Assassins guys. I'm like, come on now. <laughs> yeah, there were some, some <laughs> leaps of faith there. Although, it was supposed to be, there was supposed to be, like, a... a bit where she got trained like she got beat by the thugs and then nisha nissa showed up and said i will train you and then she was allegedly had some training but all right, we don't, all right. we don't know what so. the time lap we don't know what the time lapse was there and i'd have to go back to see if it was like you know was it at least a month because i'm like if it was a month of training from nissa i'll buy that maybe she could take yeah i think there was but if it was like I think there was a scene where, like, her and Nissa are, like, at a diner or something like that after doing some training, and, uh, and, uh, they mentioned, like, oh, these these last few weeks have been, and I assume, like, maybe three weeks. Yeah, if it's a month, I'll buy it, but if it was, like, hey, I've been training you for three days, and you're, like, you're a natural kid, or something like that. Welcome to the hyperbolic time, Jim. (laughs) Yeah, something very, uh... Um... But yeah, so she wasn't great in my books. I really didn't like Felicity either. And I don't know whether it's just because I watched them all in rapid succession and realized that the thing that I don't like about Felicity is that she's never wrong. Yeah, and her character arc was very, very CW-ish. This Well, and I didn't even mind that. Like, I don't mind her being the emotional core of the team because everyone else is kind of an action hero and she's just kind of the nerd on the sidelines, which mm-hmm. I understand, but she's exceptionally good at that, like impossibly good at it in a lot of cases. Um, it was nice to have her mom show up to provide some of those character moments. Yeah, NYPD Blues. Uh, oh, God, what was her name? I can't remember her name. She used to be on NYPD Blue all the time. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, and even uh, Charlotte the- Ross. Charlotte Ross. She she used to be on NYPD Blue. Okay. I think she was like I think she was like Ricky Schroeder's girlfriend or something on NYPD Blue. I'll take your word for it. Don't quote me on that, but I, I think that's what it was. And even uh, her playing off of uh, Brenda Rose, Ray Palmer was interesting. I'm not sure whether or not I like that character either, but I'll leave that aside for now. Um, he's just fun to watch on screen. Yeah. 
But uh, my, my issue with Felicity is that basically there will be a character who's kind of questioning something about themselves, you know, whether they're going on the right path or not, whether it be Laurel or Roy or Oliver or Ray, and then she'll just come in and, and have a tear in her eye and give a speech, uh, the power of friendship, and then everything will be okay. <laughs> like, she always has the exact right advice. And, yeah. and the, the show portrays her as kind of this bumbling person, and she is, but... I don't feel like that's ever a detriment. Like she has no flaws as far as I can tell. And and that's the same for several characters, basically everyone except for the main characters and even this and Arrow where like, what are Cisco's flaws in flash? Can you name one? <laughs> I mean, I guess that his mom doesn't like him as much as his brother. Or that, something that's not like a character that. flaw. That's, no, that's, that's his that's, story. <laughs> yeah. That's his one story, <laughs> like, I guess. Yeah. So, so with like these minor side characters, they kind of have a personality, but they never feel like they suffer for, or make mistakes or anything like that. Um, that said, the ones who do are the interesting ones in my opinion. And so the ones that I think did better this season, um, and you may agree or disagree. I really like Thea this season, like yeah. a lot. I well, think she killed it and and actually displayed her ability as an actress as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the actress thing is, I mean, very like she definitely stepped up their game. She certainly you you can't tell she's just a TV actress anymore. She she stepped it up, even though a lot of the season was featured was just her walking around showing off the midriff. Yeah, that a was lot. a lot of that. That's true. That's true. And I did not care for the arc with her and DJ turned down for what? Oh, yeah, yeah. But... You play turned down for what? <laughs> yeah. Turned down for what? Um, but, like, I think I think Thea actually gave Stephen Amell his best acting moment in the history of the show when he did the... Uh, when he busted through the window to attack her and, ah, oh, yeah, here's to be a theme on this particular show. But, uh, bro, bro, when he busts through the window and goes, Thea queen, you have failed this city. And then she throws the glass at him and throws like a couple of kicks and then jumps out the window, which, you know, jumping out the window was a whole thing that I had a problem with. Cause I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Why would she do this? Cause like, she's like, 40 stories up or something in this giant penthouse of a loft and she just leaps out a window yeah, like she's like in a halter top yeah like wearing a midriff and like i think she had like mc hammer pants or something on like like whatever <laughs> whatever the female version of hammer pants were and then she jumps out and i'm like she's dead <laughs> like where is she going like she's not there's nothing for her to i'm like whatever but then like when <laughs> when she like threw a couple of like haymakers and kicks at uh, Oliver Queen, and then he had to block them, and then she jumped out the window, and Stephen Amell had that like "what the fuck" face yeah. that he was. I thought that gave him the, his best acting moment in the history of the show. Yeah, Quick that's regular. fair. I, I really liked the scene where he took her down to the Arrow Cave. Yes, that was very good. That, that was, was good one, one of the better moments of the season. Um, the other character that I think made big strides in this season, um, or at least it was fun to see him in different character interactions, especially when he was talking with uh, Malcolm Merlin, was my boy Dig. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was great. I had a... <laughs> he, he was a sass master this season. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, I have a theory about uh, Diggle. And this yeah, could they be were kind com- of building up to something with him, I think. This, this could be completely fan servicey, or maybe I'm on to something here. You don't know, but... Um, there were a lot of um, Amertech references. Did you happen to notice that? I was wondering, yeah. There were a <laughs> lot of Amertech references. Steel thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that was the company that 
John Henry Irons, the man known as Steel, used to work for before he becomes Steel. Mm -hmm. What yeah. what what if John Diggle is actually John Henry Irons on this show? I what if what if that. Diggle's what if Diggle's not really his last name and he had to change it at some point? <laughs> and, and his then, brothers. <laughs> and, yeah. So like, well, they never actually said his brother's last name, did they? Or maybe they did. Oh, I don't they know. have definitely. Wow. But either way, I'm just saying, maybe John Diggle becomes Steel. Like, like if that were to happen in like fourth or fifth season, would you be down for that particular? Oh, of course, I would. Yeah, because like, then you can start bringing in Superman villains and. <laughs> yeah, because like I mean, they they've already started crossing them and Flash villains. Well, and and consider that we're getting a Supergirl series, and so like I think Parasite yeah. is one of the first villains in that. Is he? Oh my god! I heard. So awesome. Um, and well, Greg Berlanti's also producing that series too. It's on a different network though, so I don't know how if they'll be able to do any sort of crossovers. Like I don't know if we'll see Stephen Amell showing up in uh, Metropolis helping Supergirl out one time, or firing oh. a Kryptonite arrow at Supergirl maybe because they're on different networks. But Greg I mean, Berlanti. <laughs> well, I know. I'm just saying Greg Berlanti's producing both, so maybe he, maybe we will. I don't know. Like maybe he'll be like. Maybe like maybe he's the bridge that can be like, hey, listen, if the show is like maybe let's say Supergirl, the ratings aren't quite what CBS wants them to be after the first like four episodes or something. Maybe he walks in there and just says, hey, let me throw Stephen Amell in an episode. That'll get your ratings up. Oh man, that would be historical though to get like a season like a, cro a cross network crossover like that yes like, that'd, well, be a real, that'd be a real spit in the eye to marvel who only recently got spider-man <laughs> yeah i mean just say yeah we're, we're having movie company crossovers and stuff now so maybe this might be bigger than all of us miller i'm just saying like, oh jeez, there's, there's a chance i didn't realize we're on different networks you actually like hurt me when you said that. yeah well the, the ones on although legends of tomorrow is going to be on cw so but we'll talk about legends of tomorrow uh towards the end uh because we're we're still talking. Um, um, uh, I th I think we should get to it. The flashbacks to a set mm -hmm. a set driven quote unquote China. Oh uh, yes, where it's like, hey, we've got a marketplace and we've got a tall building and we're gonna and we've got an apartment and we're gonna use the two three of those places. Yeah, not, um, not good. It, it the, the flashbacks are usually like the flashbacks, especially especially in season one when he's just some punk kid on an island. The flashbacks I thought were some of the best parts of the show. Season three, they took a monstrous step backwards. They were ferocious. I mean, I enjoyed that kid. I mean, he wasn't a great actor, but when that kid died, I was like, ah, oh, bullshit, <laughs> right? Like, mm -hmm. but like, I mean, you kind of knew it was coming because you knew that that's why Maceo and uh, Katana. Tatsu. Tatsu. Uh, we're kind of... Oh, I'm still kicking myself for not realizing that earlier. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you didn't. I was like, I was like messaging Carly the first time. I, I think cause I think Carly and I first saw that together because I didn't have to work for whatever reason when the first episode of the season came on. And I was like, Katana! Oh my god! And I kept waiting for her to show up and she didn't. Like, in, uh, she put the suit on in the final... Uh... Yeah, which if you're like... You know, if you're me or if you're anyone who's never read Katana, like 98% of the world, 99.9% .9 of the world, you're like, that was completely a provost of nothing. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was apropos of nothing. Where did she get that? 
yeah this it was very fan servicey and stuff like that because they didn't really give her any sort and like her sword wasn't like the soul stealer or anything i was kind of hoping that like when she stabbed her like like how awesome would it have been now i would have understood it and you would have understood it but i don't know if the rest of the arrow audience <laughs> understood it if like she stabbed him and then like made some like incantation and then his soul went into the sword mm-hmm. and she was just like well that takes care of that right <laughs> like if she just put her put her because like that's always the just favorite. completely alienate like 90 percent of your audience <laughs> that's true but like well or leave them wanting more <laughs> and then oh we yeah get a bring, bring back this character <laughs> and then we get a katana spinoff um because oh Oh God, the Katana comics are so good, and her story's so good. But the fate of Katana—if you never read the—if you've never read the the Katana comics, first off, shame on you because she's a fantastic character. Go read hers and show support to that. Uh, but the fate of Katana in most stories is she does always end up having to kill her own husband. Usually, um, it's out of necessity, not out of anger towards her husband kind of like it was in the show and sometimes it's just purely by accident and in the, the latest version uh she has the soul taker sword and her husband is dead but her his soul resides in the sword and crazy and katana like talks to the sword and stuff by her um by herself but, uh, constantly and sometimes not even by herself <laughs> like, she'll just talk to her husband in the sword and people will be like who the hell are you talking to and she'll be like who the hell are you talking to right? Listen, don't worry about <laughs> yeah oh god what a great character um speaking of great characters i think it's time we get into brandon routh and adam (laughs) now on this podcast i have expressed my particular hatred for the look of that costume i'm gonna let you go ahead as the as the artiste amongst the two of us the adam costume yeah, uh, what what did you think of the suit that he put on? Um, I think it was a perfectly serviceable TV version of the Iron Man suit. <laughs> like the first time he put it on, it shows like you know a few different like servos kind of rotating and stuff like that. Like it really harkened back to the first Iron Man movie where he gets into it and there's all kinds of like flaps rotating and opening and stuff like that. And and this was the lower budget version of it. I don't mind it so much. Um. I don't know. What's your big issue with it? I don't, I just thought it looked like a bad cosplay outfit. <laughs> was the was well? The thing. I don't know. It just it there, looked... there is that. I mean, he basically looks like he's wearing like a, a motorcycle helmet with some LEDs inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looked really. I didn't like them. I thought they could do a little better on on the the mask. I didn't like that. It was basically like with the blast shield down. I can't even see. How am I supposed to fight? Like I just didn't <laughs> like that. Like. He essentially had like yeah, there hockey, was that too. He had like hockey glass, like the type of like pla- like visor that you'd wear if you were in hockey in front of it, and I'm <laughs> like, like that would not protect someone from shooting you in the face. I did get to see a fight scene between uh, the Adam and uh, Doug Jones though, which was a ton of fun for me as a longtime Doug Jones fan. Yes, it was that the one where he had the uh, yeah, death where, bolt, I think. Yeah, death bolt when they did the uh, the rock'em sock'em. Uh, thing where Oliver was controlling him for a little bit, like the video game. Yeah, bit weird. that was kind of fun. I like, I kind of like that episode. He got to have his own little moment where he was like, "I'll save the day." That was kind of fun. They did um, the usual uh, Flash thing there too, eh? The thing that I mentioned, I think, in the Flash podcast, where it's like, "Oh, in order to beat this villain, we're gonna have to come with a special gadget." Oh no, that gadget broke. <laughs> now you're gonna have to do it all on your own. 
Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, because he was like, I'm beating him, and then it stopped, and he was like... Oh, he shot me. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah. How could we have foreseen this coming? Uh, the fact that you mentioned Death Bowl, um, they did the little tease uh, where they sat at the end, because Death Bolt is normally a Flash villain. And in this one, they said he was a metahuman, <laughs> which he, you know, he, you know, he is. He's a metahuman. Um, they did the, uh, sorry, excuse me. They did the, uh, the death bowl thing where they're like, or, um, they said that he was a, a, uh, a metahuman, oh, metahuman but, but then he from central city wasn't from central city. Thank you. Thank you for finishing my thought there. Right. Um, he wasn't there when the particle accelerator went off. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he was created by somebody and they were like, Oh my God, somebody like, they were just planting seeds for the next season. Right. And they were like, Oh my God, somebody has the power to create metahumans. Now in the comic book, (laughs) death bolt was created by the ultra humanite. Oh yeah. We've already got one super high powered gorilla. Yes, in who we also Flash. know is, is probably going to come back in season two of Flash. That's do we is there is coincidence? Do you think? <laughs> probably not. Well, I didn't know the the anti humanite connection to Death Bolt. Well, we get the ultra humanite uh, in, in <laughs> one of the maybe 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 seasons four of the Arrow and two of the uh, of uh, of Flash both involve them trying to take down a. Uh, it's season two of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, they're, so they're, like, they're trying to take... it right now. Gorilla City, twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, twenty eighteen. <laughs> Gorilla City on its way. I actually think that um, season four is more likely to get into the Hive stuff. They've been planting seeds for Hive. Yeah, already. I was thinking that too, actually. Yeah, and, and then Roz mentioned the Damian Dark stuff, and in uh, most versions of the comic, Damian Dark has connections to Hive, and I, I think they're just going to be like Damian. Damian Dark is the leader of Hive, and he's running the super secret organization and tried to have uh diggle's brother killed and that's gonna be the thing that gets uh okay that's gonna be that's gonna be the thing that gets uh oliver back on the job in season in my opinion i don't know if i was writing it it seems like they've set it up where they can be like because at the end of you know i guess we should have said spoiler alert (laughs) but like at the beginning of it uh he uh said uh, you, you know, like, you, we get that really, it was actually a really awful scene. Um, oh, with the butler or whatever? <laughs> no, no, no. No, the butler scene was fine. I'm talking about the very last episode when um, Oliver and Felicity ride off into the sunset. Uh-huh. That was kind of awkward. You know, all I could think during that scene was, <laughs> Mr. Homer, Mr. Burns gave me another race today. <laughs> <laughs> the scene I love, well, it reminded me of that, of the really weird ending to True Romance, where uh, uh, Christian Slater does this thing that no one in the history of time has ever done, but it only, it ha- I think True Ram- Romance did it first, and then everyone kind of ripped it off, where um, like, Christian Slater is on the beach, walking on the beach with his son and his, with his baby, like with his baby and his wife and his wife is like holding up the baby off in the distance and with the son in the background. And then Christian Slater like looks longingly at his wife and kid and they're like, 
yeah, I got it made. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> he goes, or no, he just goes like, wow, got a really great life, you know? It's <laughs> stuff like no, no one in the history of time has ever actually done that, where you just, you're on the beach and then you stop and you just watch, you let your wife and your son go ahead and then you just watch them. And smile and nod. Smiling with the sun in the background and stuff. They did it at the end of, uh, uh furious seven recently too yeah, right did. like with, yeah with the although like that was more because like well that, that was they had a good reason for they it. had a good reason for doing that it wasn't like a device that they put into the movie right and there. also if you're counting ridiculous things in that movie that's like top 20 maybe yeah that probably wouldn't crack the top 20 um oh god but like the way um Sorry, what was I mentioning before? Uh, before hey, you were contemplating a season four with Damien Dark. Yeah, the Damien Dark thing, because they've been setting up Hive, and I think that the easiest way for them to do it is um, for Hive to have to come back to Starling City for some reason, and then Diggle being like, Hive, they're the guys who killed my brother, and they ki- they ended up killing... Uh, what's his face? Uh Deadshot, and they took out Deadshot in that that they or they were responsible for Deadshot. Now they're here, and then he has to call Oliver. He has to do the like, Oliver, I need you for one last job thing. You know, they they can they can do the other movie device of the one last job, right? Yeah. <laughs> Stephen um, Mel can be up in Canada chopping wood, and then Diggle can be like, we need you for one last job. Well, there are other motivations I've heard of as well. Um, I, I've while kind of reading through like some IMDb reviews while watching uh, these episodes, I came across some like fan speculation that um, Damien Dark might actually turn out to be Felicity's father. Ooh, I like that. Which would be a, you know, because they've kind of talked about how he's no good and he kind of bailed and we don't really know what he's up to. And, and it would be also strong motivation for uh, Oliver to get back in the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. I like Especially that. because, you know, there's no happily ever after while this no. is still looming over them. No, I enjoy that. Um, I uh, Yeah, I really like that theory. That's a lot. I wish <laughs> See, I it ties it all that. together, right? I wish they were, yeah, I, uh, I'd rather enjoy that one. Um, was, did you think it was weird that in, like, episode two or something, it was really early, Ray Palmer said that he wanted to rebrand Starling City as Star City, which is what it's actually called. Like, the city's actually called Star City in the comic books. It's yeah, not- yeah. And then I've kind of... That kind of irked me at the beginning of season one, and I never gave it a second thought. <laughs> yeah, like, he, and then he was like, I want to rebrand it Star City. And they mentioned that once. And nothing ever came of it. Never mentioned it again for the rest of, this, rest of the show. And I was just like... Like when when I was rereading my synopsis to the point where I was trying to get ready for this pod, I was like, oh yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? Because I remember going like, oh man, he's going to rebrand and they're going to actually call it Star City instead of Starling City. And I'm like, like, I I think that they might have given it like one more kind of passing mention in like episode six or something like that, but that's it. (laughs) Yeah, which was so, because I was like, man, when that happened, I was like, man, the writers on the show are brilliant because they bring everything full circle because they're going to bring it full circle to actually calling him the green arrow. Oh yeah. Because right? now you've introduced this, this red arrow slash speedy. Yes. Which, which works for me. 
because I know who that character is, even if it was never... It was Roy Harper in the version I saw. Well, yeah, in the new 52, they rebranded it where um, Thea is actually... Oh, okay, okay. Speedy. Yeah, well, because so, the... So, yeah, I'm, I know the character from uh, the Young Justice animated series. Yes, and from everything before, right? Where Roy Harper throws a hissy fit, a propos of nothing, in the first, like, ten minutes and quits and becomes the Red Arrow. <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, if you've read the if you've read the original comics, uh, Roy Harper is Speedy in the uh, like basically when Green Arrow was created back in the '40s or '50s. I don't remember, and he was basically the same as Batman, except he dressed with a Robin Hood in a Robin Hood costume, and he had Speedy. Speedy was his boy wonder, his Robin, mm-hmm. and Roy Harper was just a kid who followed him around, and they were the same thing. And they re-updated him. You know, they've updated the character over the years. And in the new 52, when they just rebooted everything, which are what a lot of these Green Arrow things, Green Arrow became one of their more popular comics when they rebooted the new 52. And when they rebooted it, they were like, why don't we make, you know, give Oliver Queen a uh, sister and call and make her out to be speedy (laughs) and then make Roy Harper kind of like the Red Arrow right away. Because in most versions, the same way Robin eventually gets too old and becomes Nightwing. (laughs) Uh, Roy Harper gets too old and starts calling himself the, you know, brands off, branches off on his own and calls himself the Red Arrow. Right, yeah, and I was kind of thinking about that too, because much like the Star City, Starling City thing, in the very first episode of the series, you know, he calls the Queen Speedy, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's going to turn into a thing, and i just kind of given up hope on it ever happening up until now. No, they, they have a plan, these writers, which is why I was so weirded out that, because like, they, they bring everything full circle, they're going to bring it full circle with the green, with calling him the Green Arrow, they're going to do it, and when they said, when Ray Palmer was like giving that PowerPoint presentation, he's like, and I want to rebrand it Star City. I was like, oh my God, that's fucking brilliant. They brought well, it. They, they already technically have come full circle and called him the Green Arrow. It happened in Harrison Wells' future newspaper. <laughs> yes, right? Because that's, well, that's just the little tease, right? But they haven't officially said it on the Arrow show, so it's not officially official yet, but wow. it is official. <laughs> it's canon as far as I'm concerned. That's true, but they haven't yet said Green Arrow, and they will likely when he makes his comeback, right? Because mm-hmm. like technically the Arrow is dead in the eyes of based on the plot line of season yeah, three. That was the other thing that kind of bothered me with this season. Yeah, we were gonna get to that next. What did you feel about that weird that whole whole cause that was a tough pill to swallow? It involved a lot of logic problems. Um I can forgive it that time. My problem is the greater issue of I think that they showed main characters quote unquote dying I think eight times in this season <laughs> and never actually died yeah they really went kind of full Marvel with that where they were like our guys will be dead for yeah until two... the beginning of the yeah. next episode like exactly Roy died quote unquote in one episode was brought back you know we, we get the oh he didn't actually die and in the very next scene Thea gets a sword through the chest it's like come on my emotions <laughs> Yeah, and give me a chance to like level off here, please. They never really explained why Oliver never died after he was kicked off that mountain. Well, they, no, didn't they? they? Don't. No, no they, they, they don't. don't. It was really dumb. Like, 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 Razal Gold runs him through and then kicks him off a giant mountain. And it wasn't like he kicked him off the top of a hill. He kicked him off the side of a cliff. Yeah, and you know, to have his what was left of his bones shattered on impact, and then roll down the side of a, you know, a, a mountainy cliff where he would have almost because like 
like I said, when that episode happened, we took a month and a half off, and I was like, ah, they'll just put him in the Lazarus pit, right? For the uh, and that was my thought as well. Yeah, it was everybody's thought if you knew the continuity, right? And then they never really did. Um, Maceo just kind of drags him to this hut where Katana is, and Katana rubs some like magic jelly on him and says some <laughs> BS about like your will to live is the reason you're still alive. And I was like, oh, horse shit. Like that was. Uh, that was a lot of BS to me. That was tough for me to swallow because I was just kind of like, just put him in the Lazarus pit. Like, him off a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like sword wound or no. Yeah. And I realized this is, this is a, like, I mean, it is a fake TV show where a guy puts on a hood and fights crime in his, you know, the basement of his nightclub. Yeah, but, my, like, my suspension of disbelief only goes so far. Exactly. This is like bullshit. There's got to be some logic to this, right? And you cannot kick a dude off the side of a mountain and then just rub some magic jelly on him. And be like, They could have easily said, like, all they could have said was, like, it's from the, the Lazarus flower. Just give me some bullshit like that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, where I go, oh, okay, okay, okay. They distilled it from the Lazarus pit. Fine, fine, or, fine. Yeah, like, because they're, you know, well, I don't know. I was going to say, they weren't in Nanda Parbat when that was happening, so they could have just had him, like, laying in, like, a puddle that was like, oh, well, this is also... <laughs> a Lazarus pit, yeah. Like, it could have been, like, it would have been fine. I don't know. That, that was a tough pill for me to swallow. You know what else was a tough pill for me to swallow on this mm-hmm. show? Was because uh, I earlier I talked about how much I didn't care for the flashbacks. The flashbacks where he was actually in Star City. Oh yeah. During that thing, and he went to like Tommy's party and stuff like that. And I realized they only did it so that they could get that actor to come back to play Tommy for one episode to be like, oh yeah, remember when he was alive? Um, that was just. I, I don't know. I, I thought that that was so terrible where he was like, I'm in Star City, but I'm going to pretend I'm, I'm still dead and not tell my family that I'm still alive or anything like that was just I that was tough for me to buy. I don't and know. also, hey, there's this drug dealer. And in the next scene, he's just broken in half and like, honestly, I think no that, ongoing investigation for that one. Interesting. Yeah, that was like, hey, all of our queen's fingerprints are all over this guy. Nah, yeah, but he's or, dead. I guess he killed himself. Yeah, like, jeez. <laughs> Jesus. It was just like, that was, that was tough. The other thing, the thing that I probably, and there was a lot I did not like about this season. The mm-hmm. thing I did not like possibly the most might have been the Deathstroke episode. Oh, them, them fighting Slade on the island? Yeah, I cannot stand, and they do this, uh, Arrow is not the first show to do this, they won't be the last, I cannot stand when they do season-long arcs dedicated to villains, mm-hmm. and then the next season it's like, this guy's back, and then they beat him at the end of, like, basically in one, one act. <laughs> yeah, one act, it's like an act later. Hey, this guy who was basically the bane of our existence and did all this stuff, we so easily defeated him. And to the point where my sister, my younger sister, who has one year of training, is able to beat the master assassin that is Deathstroke. The guy who constantly, like, ah, that was tough for me to swallow. Where I was just like, Ugh. it's just because, like, a lot of these guys, like, they fight Batman and they hold their own against. I'm like, this guy fights the Dark Knight, and the Dark Knight has to, you know, like. He has to dig deep in order to beat this guy for the mm-hmm. queen to like mm-hmm. slap him across the face and pull a gun on him and lock him in a cage. I'm just like, oh my god, he's fucking Deathstroke. <laughs> like, like yeah. he's the goddamn Deathstroke, right? Like he can't have Thea Queen just after a year of training slap him and and now all of a sudden she's better than him. I don't know. That's 
that's tough for for i have to ask because there was one actually minor villain that i liked a lot and i don't know if he actually is a part of continuity but uh brickwell the brick yeah vinnie jones as brick yeah he's 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 an arrow villain uh, okay. In the comics, well, he's a metahuman, and his I was gonna say, is, is he like invulnerable or something? Because I think yeah, he got it, shot it, a couple times. <laughs> yeah, his skin's made of. They never said explicitly said he was a metahuman in this, mm-hmm. because if you look at all the things uh, like the wikis and stuff based for this show, they all say you know Deathbolt is the first time Arrow fought a metahuman um, without you know it being a crossover to uh, the Flash, right? And uh, but in the comics, uh, now now Danny Brickwell is one of the new Fifty Two guys, which is okay. why so it's, it's, a, it's a new one. Then, huh? He's recent. I think he was created in oh six or oh seven, or I, it, it was mid two thousands. The Danny Brickwell character was uh, created, but he was essentially the way they portrayed him in this, where like it, in the comics, he's got like reddish brick colored skin. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, he's got you know he's super strength and he punches when he punches you. It's like you know he's like hitting you and punching you with a brick mm-hmm. hence how he gets the nickname and he's nigh invulnerable so like arrow shoots or uh the flash the flash air uh the green arrow shoots uh arrows at him the arrows just bounce off the him. you know so he's like well gotta think of something else right mm-hmm. and uh very much like in they did in the show um in the comic books, he's sort of a kingpin-esque boss who runs the glades and stuff. And, uh, you know, he runs a lot of the gangs and stuff. He's very, uh, but he's good. He's a good villain. I enjoy it very much. He's a great foil for the, yeah, sure. uh, and I love Vinnie Jones. I've always loved Vinnie Jones. I've loved him ever since like Lockstock and, and oh, Snatch yeah. and stuff, oh, all those movies. So when they brought him in, I was like, nice. Good <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, I, I think that like earlier we talked about the, the scene, with the fight on the mountain being the best uh, of the of the season, I think a close second was the big fight scene with all the citizens of the Glades being led by. Oh, uh, that was cool. Yeah, b- fighting his like, you know, army of criminals and stuff. When he did the like get them thing, and then they did the big like, you know, ah, and then they all yeah, meet the Oregon <laughs> charge thing, and it was just like, and nobody had any guns for any reason, so everybody was like firing arrows and stabbing and punching people and and whatnot. I thought I thought that was uh, that one was fun too. Yeah, and they brought back Wildcat for that episode. Yeah, I which I thought was a nice tie. Like I, I thought that would just be an Easter egg, but apparently they just no, he's Wildcat. <laughs> yeah, a whole did, episode about it. <laughs> what did you think about their uh, the, the their particular version of Ted Teddy Grant? I didn't mind it. I, I prefer him as the older sort of grizzled gentleman rather than like a sort of Brazilian Muay Thai guy like Capoeira. Um, yeah, that was definitely a very CW portrayal of him, right? Where he had to be like a like a late 20s, early 30s something with just the ripped up body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I would have very attractive to be man. kind of like an over the hill sort of ex-boxer sort of guy. Yeah, that's you, you, you like and that's what the Wildcat is in the comic books that you and I are mostly used to, right? Where he's mm-hmm. the he's definitely the grizzled vet who's trained most of the the young because if you've never read the comic books, the the, the Wildcat is a, is basically this. He's like a fifty year old dude, so he's way past his prime. But he trains like all the young members of the Justice League who don't necessarily have powers. Like he trains uh, specifically Black Canary is one of the ones. Yeah, yeah, and so that's why I was kind of uh, like when Laurel started training with him, 
I was like, oh, like, you know, I'm yeah. used to, like, uh, like, well, first of all, the first time we saw Canary in the show at all was Sarah, and she was being trained by League of Assassins. So I'm like, well, that's a different take, but whatever, I'll accept it. Um, and then Laurel started training with a boxer, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is a young guy. It looks like, you know, some sort of Latino or something like that. Um, you know, probably not the same, but then I saw, like, oh, the Wildcat Gym or whatever, and I'm like... Huh. Like, yeah, I couldn't and, have called that. And then they gave him his very own episode. I like that. I mean, I, I just like, like I like that they, they went for it rather than just being like, here's an Easter egg. Yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're like they're very smart. The writers on this show, which is why I, I'm I was really shocked at some of the well. And, and like I say, where decisions. I think season two in my mind is probably better than it actually is. Like I'm, I think I'm remembering it with rose tinted glasses. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm not I, sure you are, because that series, that season was second season was phenomenal. Because that the, the the occurrence in second season was what I finally was able to be like, all right, Miller, you got to watch the show. Because I texted you and I said, okay, the Huntress fought the Black Canary on the show. You have got to start watching this. Like I was like that. That, that was what you said, and I'm like, all right, you got yeah. me. I was like, that happens like ten sec. That happens, I think, like seven or eight episodes into season two, and I was like, all right, Miller's got to watch this show. Oh yeah, the Huntress I mean, is fighting Black Canary. Those are two of our favorite girls in the or or lady femmes in the uh, in the DC universe. Oh sure, and, and plus, like in the first episode, like I'm like, yeah, I'll try an episode, and I'm like, oh, you know, I spent five years on a hellish island, and they show like the guy in the death and the. The Deathstroke, Deathstroke mask. mask, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then, like, you know, three episodes later, I'm like, I'm intrigued. And then, like, yeah. three episodes later, he meets a guy named Slade Wilson. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing, because I was like, that was the thing that got me, because I was always a huge, huge Deathstroke fan. Like, I loved the comics. I loved all of his stuff in the Teen Titans. And well, yeah, Teen Titans was my first exposure to that character, and yeah, was Ron well done. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I've always loved, but, like, even the comic books where he was always trying to kill the Teen Titans and stuff, but he was always so awesome, and he would occasionally have some really good moments fighting you know batman in the comics and stuff so um when i heard my two guys that i work with were talking about the show and then they said you know slade and i was like slade slade what slade wilson <laughs> and they were like yeah i think that's his name and i'm like <laughs> and i was literally like was there an orange and black mask was there an orange and black mask and they're like yeah i think so and i was like oh god and then i was like i went home that night and i turned on the first episode and one of the first images you see on that show is like the Deathstroke mask with like an arrow pierced through it on the, right. on the island. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm in. <laughs> like, so, so I was in right away the second, even though the first episode's kind of weak right up until the end when oh, uh, sure. Moira Queen goes, you know, there's more than one way to figure out what happened. It was very much like the first well, episode. If, if of you Game and I had an extra hour, we could talk about <laughs> yeah, the season, first season. <laughs> the first season. Well, I was just saying it was very much like Game of Thrones. Cause I watched the first episode of Game of Thrones and I was not hooked until the end when jamie yeah when jamie tosses bran out that window and i was like oh my god okay i'm in because like the first episode i think even the most hardcore fire and ice and and game of thrones uh junkie is willing to admit that that first episode is very poor because... it, it, it doesn't do a great job of i mean we're getting seriously off topic here but it doesn't yeah. do a great job of explaining anything yeah and so i find that um I've, there are a few friends of mine, um, I think Dave included, where like I sat down and we're like, all right, we're going to watch Game of Thrones. And we sat down and watched the first episode. And I'm like, okay, what's going to happen here is I'm going to pause it like every three minutes to explain who this guy is, why he knows him. And it's it's not going to 
it's not a spoiler or anything. It just gives you a lot of context that the show just never gives you. Yeah, I mean, it, you work it out later, but that's where that's another podcast. Um, I want to give a big round of applause to this show for getting our boy Captain Boomerang into an episode. Oh yes, you and I have been fans. He's the most underrated villain that DC has going. He is so awesome. I like that he's getting. He's going to be in the. Uh, the Suicide Squad movie that I don't I don't know I'm getting pretty juiced for that. Um, is that the same actor? No, it's definitely not the same actor, but like it's okay. going to be the same character. I think the guy who's playing Captain Boomerang is the same kid. He's actually Australian, but he's the kid from I never watched it, but it was one of those uh, one of those young those YA uh, dystopian movies. Uh, not uh, not uh like divergent or something divergent thank you yeah he's the hunk in divergent gotcha that the girl is like after. <laughs> that's, the, that's the new ya yeah that's well, the yeah. future yeah that's, sexy teens yeah that's the thing where he's just like uh he, i don't know he but like the kid is playing and they're not calling him captain boomerang they're just calling him boomerang it's like it's captain boomerang is too comic booky for the suicide squad movie but that's neither here nor there but in this show they called him Captain Boomerang, and he had that awesome scene when he broke into Argus and was just whipping boomerangs at, at people, and, like, mm-hmm. like there were Argus guys shooting at him from the top, and he threw two, and, like, one clipped one guy and then spun around and clipped the other guy, and I was like, oh, my God, it's so yeah, awesome. I, I think it was, like, 12 minutes in that episode that I texted you, I'm like, man, he just can't say anything without making a pun. <laughs> no, well, there's Let's no way. around, comes around. <laughs> so like, oh, come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I'm laughing, but God damn it. <laughs> Ah, oh, so awesome. I love it. Um, 1.4 billion, Miller. It's a large number. That's the number of people that live in China. Yep. Sure, you, sure is. <laughs> what do you think the odds are that you randomly run into the twin sister of the woman you loved <laughs> running through the streets of China? Um... Roughly one in one point four billion. <laughs> Roughly. <laughs> uh, oh my god! That I like was, to, I, like that to I explain that away in my mind, and I I have a I have a huge problem with that as well. I mean, that was bad. But first like, of all, why why was that necessary to do? I don't know. You got uh, you got to fill time on a show. That's the that's the only reason they got a lot of time to fill. I like yeah. to think that Amanda Waller had something to do with that. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, it didn't, like, it, maybe they want to bring Shadow back because, like, Shadow is a character in the new 52 for Green Arrow. So maybe. So it's... much the same way as you introduce a canary, for example, kill her off, only to have someone else be the canary. To be the canary, right? Yeah. And then. To say nothing of uh, Rachel Ghoul. <laughs> yeah. So maybe she, her sister, becomes Shadow. Takes and frankly, to say nothing about uh, like the Red Arrow, because they've done that with a few people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, I really, yeah. I just, I think maybe, maybe that's their plan for season four. I just, you know, come fucking on, man. <laughs> like, speaking of and, which, I think it was like twelve episodes before we found out that Roy was being called arsenal <laughs> yeah well yeah they never actually referred to him as arsenal until like he said that about himself right he said i think you know some of my notes out as arsenal which is what he's called in the comic books but like they never it's like 
like that it's one of those things where you're like it like it's it's like the way christopher nolan in the movies would never refer to catwoman as catwoman or anything like that because he like he tried to root the movie in reality and in reality you wouldn't call somebody catwoman like that mm-hmm. so it's as if he was like sitting around one day going you know i want to be called arsenal <laughs> it's like you don't really have an arsenal buddy you have the same bow and arrow but i don't know like in the comics he has more weapons so it makes more sense to call him arsenal but mm-hmm. in this one it, it doesn't necessarily uh fly with me quite frankly but ah whatever i let it go for the funsies sure um it was fun but uh ultimately had a lot of holes that left me wanting <laughs> yeah um what would you give your overall grade on this season great i think the last time i graded something i did it at a 10 so i'm not going to do that this time <laughs> I'm going to give it a. Uh, I'll I'll give it an average. I'll give it a B. It it had a lot of stuff that I liked and a lot of stuff I didn't like and ultimately left me thinking. You know when you um. Like a grade school teacher would like give you a B and say, you know what, you could have done better than this. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's not that you did badly, but we know you're capable of more. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I think that's my uh, my my feeling on Arrow season three. Um, I didn't hate it, but I'm like, you know what? It could have been a lot better, and maybe season two build up my expectations pretty high on that. To say nothing of the Flash. Yeah, I think that's why. I think that's why I'm gonna give it a C minus. I, oh, yeah. I think I think I'm gonna give this season. Because we're grading on a curve now. <laughs> I think we're grading on a curve a little bit because like we got a really fantastic A plus first season from flash mm-hmm. we got a really fantastic a plus season from season two of arrow and I, I got and then you tell me we're bringing in with the same writers and that they're going to do an arc around rachel ghoul um in season three of arrow i don't know i kind of expect a, at least a b that's why i think i was a little disappointed with this season but uh fair enough so sir, so you're saying that if you had read the premise of this episode in like a you know spoiler here's what season three of uh arrow is gonna be about back a year ago you would have been like, oh god <laughs> yeah if, yeah if 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 like i had just finished the last episode of season two which was a fantastic episode mm-hmm. if i just finished the last episode of season two and i was watching it with like the writers and then I was like, well done, boys. And then, and, and ladies, boys and ladies, uh-huh. when, when they were like, and then they were like, uh, oh, by the way, Paris, season three, we're going to have Rachel Ghoul be the main bad guy. I'd be like, oh, God, I got to change my shorts. <laughs> well, to say a lot of things, right? We're gonna, yeah. Captain Boomerang's going to show up for an episode. We're going to have at least two crossovers yeah. with The Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Palmer's going to be a recurring character. Yeah, and we're gonna bring in Danny Brickwell, who you kind of like in the uh, in, in the comics. I mean, he's not you know one of your favorites, but he's certainly a good villain for Arrow. Sure, Wildcat cameos. <laughs> yeah, Wildcat cameos. I mean, there was a lot to like, but like I think overall the the Rachel Ghoul stuff fell flat for me, and the the the, the bit at the end that was. Like I talked about there being a lot of tough pills for me to swallow. Oh, the, the uh, one thing. One. <laughs> yes, the one thing I would not stand for at the like I was literally like, like I was literally like uh, Ubu when when anybody would walk past Rachel Ghoul and he would just go Infidel. <laughs> I literally was like, Ah, Infidel, you are not Rachel. Like, like mm-hmm. I kind of went culty there for a second where I was like, Oh my God, that would never ever happen and i'm like if anybody's gonna take up that man it'll be fucking bruce wayne not 
goddamn Malcolm Merlin and freaking Arrow. Like, oh, God. That was just... So, ah. Uh, that was... Ah! I'm, so I'm choking on my own rage here. Uh, that was that was too bad. I don't know. What did you think of that? I That was too too much for me to take. Uh, I Well, I'm not as attached to Ra's al Ghul as a character as you are. So, oh, so I didn't like it, but I didn't throw up either. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was close to vomiting, and I like, I like Merlin. I like this, this version of Merlin. He was a little too douchey in this particular season for my liking. It's the haircut. No, oh, it's finely quaffed, finely quaffed hair. I uh, really don't like it. <laughs> no, on, on, on who you're supposed to think is like this guy who's on the run from the law and is a trained assassin and yeah. stuff like this, and he's just like, Super, he just looks like he. Well, yeah, it looks like he, um, like, three years ago had a pop collar and was chugging beer at a fraternity. <laughs> He's a bit too bro-y for me in appearance. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I just, I had a lot of problems with that, because I was just like, it's fucking Rachel Cool. you can't give that mantle to anyone. Like, there's only one worthy successor to that well, mantle. Well, and that's, that's, that was the thing that, hit, like, I rolled my eyes so hard when it's like, oh, because the prophecy, the only one who can take yeah. Ra's al Ghul's spot is the one who is pierced by his blade and doesn't die. Yeah. It's something. like, oh, well, when he tortured me, he cut me with a blade, and so, therefore, yeah, <laughs> like... <file> before <laughs> Yeah, that was like just, get fucked. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty terrible. And even that when she was like, because like Nissa, that was the like for her character to actually, you know, <laughs> you know what, you're right to bend a knee to be like, oh, I guess you are right. And bend a knee. I was like, you would not bend a knee. Like well, this then... man orchestrated the the death of the two people you care about most in your life. This is not a keep your friends close and your enemies closer situation. This is a get fucked. I am the true heir. <laughs> like, but yeah, I was expecting her to storm off and it, for her to be like a, you know, maybe one or two episode plot point next season. Yeah, but like, and like the rest of the, I'm sorry, but like the League of Assassins are a type of guys who say, and type of guys and, and female assassins who say stuff like, like if we spoke Rachel Ghoul's name, they would cut our throats because we're not worthy to speak his name. Mm -hmm. For someone to stand up there in his robe, for some random white dude to stand <laughs> there in his robes who has repeatedly who is known to have repeatedly fucked over the league constantly to yeah. stand there in his robes and then just put his sword on like he's cosplaying Rachel Ghoul and be like hey I'm Rachel Ghoul now and like that's like me going yes I'm the king of England Are, is, is 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 wish time over yet you know exactly like, like, check on my crown <laughs> yeah when does this end <laughs> right like Oh god, that was that was so like yeah. I was just like infidel. That was terrible. I couldn't I couldn't stand stand that. Um, let, let's let's get to some of the fun uh, Easter eggs for this particular season. Uh, you probably noticed a lot more of these than I did. Well, I'll point out some. We've, we've mentioned a couple already. Yeah, we, we we did mention a few. Um, the very first episode when they did that uh thing where the bombs were at the boxing match. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of fun Easter eggs. Um. Couple of fun sponsors of that particular boxing match. Uh, Ferris Air is one of them. That, yeah. Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. um, there is a fake uh, rum. There is a fake advertisement for a rum called Ostrander Rum. Uh, that's a reference to John Ostrander, who's the guy who created the Suicide Squad. Hmm. Uh, like like the writer who. Ooh, pardon oh, me. Okay, created okay. The Suicide Squad. I thought that that was uh, a nice little touch. Uh, Simon Lacroix made it into one episode the Com the komodo he was the uh oh yeah yeah the second quebec born character 
to make it into the into the CW DC universe this week. The first one or this year, the first oh, one right. Bet San Sushi from uh, Plastique from that one episode of The Flash. Uh, we went to Corto Maltese, right? This year, uh, which is that a real place? No, no, no. That's place. that's a made up. That's one of the many made up DC places. Um, Corto Maltese is mostly known for. Uh, in the Bible of comic books, uh, the dark Knight returns uh-huh. Frank Miller's 1986, uh, masterpiece. Uh, there's a war between Corto Maltese and the state or no, there's a war in Corto Maltese between, cause it was written in the eighties during the cold war between Russia and the States. Russia is trying to take over Corto Maltese and the States are trying to save them. And there's really cool, uh, scene that they animated in the dark Knight returns animated. You know what? Now that you mentioned Superman. it too. We also got a Cosnia reference. <laughs> yep, we did. We got a Cosnia reference this year. Um, we got the Kondak reference in uh, uh, the one. There was another, oh God, I can't remember the name of the place, but uh, they, they basically referenced all the fake DC countries in, in this uh, season of The Flash and Arrow because they also mentioned, uh, uh, Felicity says something to Ray Palmer about them digging oil in uh Oh, God, I can't remember the name. It's like Quandark or something like that. It's like another made-up... Uh, uh, it's just another made-up DC place. I forget who who fights there. I think that's like a, a, a Elastic Man uh, uh, reference. Um, they did Carrie Cutter, uh, the Cupid episode. Oh, yeah. Which I really liked. Even that was though, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was a standalone because that, that's another character that they created for the new 52. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, they made the second Harley Quinn reference in that episode when they made her join the, uh, right, right, right. (laughs) The, uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Suicide Squad. And it said something like, uh, uh, you know, like, well, she's she's not as crazy as the last. Yeah. Not as crazy as the last broad we had. And it was just like, oh, for God's sakes, give me a Harley Quinn in this episode. Right. Quit teasing her. So at least we get her in the Suicide Squad movie coming up. We're finally going to get a live action. Harley Quinn. It's, it's it's a golden age. It's a golden age, it is. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Um, during the, the one good part of the flashbacks is when uh, Tatsuo Katana first meets Oliver. And, you know, she's giving him the, uh, the she's mean mugging him the whole time when he's, yep. she's like, hang, when he's like hanging out with her son. She calls him Gaijin. Mm-hmm. The... Which I know what that means, and it was like a whole thing for a while. <laughs> yeah, she called him Gaijin, which if you've seen Tokyo Drift, you know that ga- <laughs> you know that Gaijin means outsider, <laughs> or like anything Japanese, but <laughs> but specifically Tokyo. Drift. Anytime we can give Tokyo Drift props on this podcast, we we will take it, good sir. All right, no, so, um, so that's our second Fast Furious reference this episode. Absolutely, uh, Gaijin means outsider. And if you'll remember from the comic books, Green Arrow and Katana are both members of, wait for it, The Outsiders. Mm -hmm. God, that was great when I heard that. Um, Did you notice they actually referred to uh, Kelly Hughes' character as China White? Yep. A couple times this season? I I never thought that they would do that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Because, like, they avoided it in the first two seasons, and it was always, you know... A little. Well, I forget what her character's name actually is, but like it's all of her mispronouncing it as China one. Yeah, but like, like Shinna Hua or something. Yeah, Shinna Wei or, or something. I don't know. That's uh, um, they did Lieutenant Matthew Shreve, uh, 
this season. And it was a Lieutenant Matthew Shreve that I am not familiar with at all because he was some sort of psycho child killing country poisoning version of genocidist. Yeah. Genocidal Lieutenant Matthew Shreve in the comic books. Uh, Lieutenant Matthew Shreve, uh, he's an old, it's called the creature commandos. It was an old comic from the sixties. I don't know if they've updated it. Uh, if they've done an updated version of it mm-hmm. at all, but the creature commandos were basically, um, DC's version of the mummy, uh, the wolf man, or like the werewolf, Frankenstein, okay. Dracula, universal uh, monsters, Medusa. Yeah. Kind of the old universal monsters. Right. And in this version, those monsters actually existed and they would run covert operations for the government during world war two. Oh, good. Senate <laughs> Matthew Shreve was the guy who like held their leash and stuff. Right. Hmm. Because it makes perfect sense. Miller. Cause you send Dracula and whatnot in to fight the Nazis. And then when the Nazis go, Hey, Dracula stole our thing. Right. Who's right? going to believe him? Who's going to believe him. Right. Like, <laughs> so it's a perfect plan. Oh, yeah. The perfect crime. What the um, fuck? <laughs> but, you know, it was obviously, you know... A relic of the 60s. Yeah, it was a product of the 60s, and it was... Even then, it was still more well-written than the way I'm describing it. I'm different. No, I like the way you're describing it. It sounds Nicole's, awesome. Nicole's notey version of Blah! Blah! Um, I can't. I'm a vampire. <laughs> um... Couple of things I noticed. I had to look this up. I did not know this going in. Um, the thing that they were, they they started calling Oliver um, Al Sahim. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Arabic for the arrow. Did you know that? I did. I think they said it. Did they? <laughs> oh god! Sure. I must have completely missed that. I had to look that up. Uh, uh, a couple of because uh, I, I actually I didn't even kind of understand what they were calling him. First off, I was like, what are they calling calling him? And then I had to look it up, and I was like, oh, Al-Sahim. Okay, I get it now. I just, I was having trouble. Yeah, because I think there's the scene where, like, um, where he turns himself over to Roz, and uh, he's like, uh, you know, Oliver Queen is dead. From now on, you shall just be the arrow. But, yeah, you know, and, you're but not like, Starling you're, City's arrow, you're my arrow sort of thing. And so yeah. they sort of calling him Al-Sahim. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I think, you know, you are Al-Sahim, the arrow. <laughs> Yeah, and they, there were a couple times they were saying it really fast, so I didn't pick up on that. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, they'd be like, I'll see him, and stuff like Like, they wouldn't call him, like, there there were times where they'd be like, I'll see him, and then other times where they would be like, I'll Sahim. Like, they would say it phonetically <laughs> and stuff. And like, his friends call him Al. <laughs> yeah, his friends call him Al, and I was just like, oh, man. Um, this will be my last Easter egg, and then we'll get into uh, a uh, guy on who comes on the podcast and mostly does the sports stuff for us. Craig Needles will mm-hmm. enjoy this particular reference. But apparently the guys who come up with the episode titles um, enjoy Bruce Springsteen. Because I <laughs> I noticed yeah, that. <laughs> the penultimate episode of every season so far has been the title of a Springsteen song. In season That's true. Yeah, in season one, the second last episode was called Darkness on the Edge of the Town which is a Springsteen song. Okay. The uh, second episode of season two was called Streets on Fire, mm-hmm. which I couldn't be more of a Springsteen title. Yeah, that's the one that I caught. <laughs> yeah. And um, the second episode of season, second last episode of season three was called This Is Your Sword, which is another Springsteen title. I, I 
noticed that a few few other people on the internet i think noticed that too oh sure and i don't know i just i thought that was an interesting little tidbit that is interesting um so that's some bebop shit (laughs) yeah i know i am not a particularly uh i'm not really a springsteen fan but uh other people enjoy his work. I am not one of those people, but uh, is Star City, DC, is New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. It's like, is is Star City supposed to be like the Jersey of uh, of, of DC? Um, let's talk a few rumors and some other stuff that's going on. Um, you saw the Legends of Tomorrow trailer. I did. What did you think of that? I drooled. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Like you, you and I have been like one of our favorite underrated dc villains another because like you and i are just a fan probably of the more underrated dc villains vandal savage well there are some awesome ones that just never get the pop culture cachet because it's always like well let's do our two villains that's then let's reboot it and do those same two villains again yeah like like, we've had enough like and not that we don't like him but they've done like four different film versions of the joker now yeah and Will I ever get enough Joker? Absolutely not. Can never get enough Joker. But, you know, it'd be nice to see some of the other people get their due once in a Sure, yeah. And, I mean, Superman's the bigger one for me. Where, yeah. you know, we've seen Zod a couple times now. We've seen Luther, like, six or seven times. <laughs> yeah, it's time to maybe... Like, get, I, I want Superman to fight Metallo, who is yeah. probably my favorite Superman. <laughs> yeah, but um, the fact that they're doing Vandal Savage, the fact that they're throwing in a hawk like hawk girl mm-hmm. which is just gonna be i wonder if she'll be car- like i love because i you know i gotta love my fiance because like i showed her that trailer and she was like are they gonna call her shayara hall and i'm like god i love you <laughs> right like she's she was just i'm like and that's why we're getting married because <laughs> she was marry me yeah um they showed rip hunter who gave that very expositional line of I'm Rip Hunter, and I'm from London, England. <laughs> I'm also from the future. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it was very, very expositional, but it's it'll be fun to see Rip Hunter make it into uh, the fact that uh, we're going to get more Wentworth Miller, and he's not going to be Captain Cold, but he's rather going to be Citizen Cold in this one, where he's actually a good guy, because anytime he's a good guy, he has to be called Citizen Cold. Mm um i think that i think good guy wentworth miller like wentworth miller chewing the scenery is a good guy is... well and i was telling you during the flash one I, I i'll let him chew any scenery he wants he just every time he's on screen i'm smiling <laughs> oh it's a joy whenever he shows up on that flash show and i like that he showed up a ton in that first season and i hope they keep doing it oh yeah he was in like four episodes or something yeah and even even in the last episode when like flash ran into that vortex and he just like took the he looked up and like i can't remember if he took the goggles off to look at the vortex or put them on but like it was just him and i was just like yes he's there you know and he, he didn't even have a line he just looked up and it was just it was acknowledgement that like hey there's other people here too who are affected by the giant swirling vortex in the sky right right yeah so I mean, as as far as recurring villains in that universe go, you've got him and you've got like Deadshot, and I mean, yeah. they both Death, have charisma, but there's, there's no question who's got more. I hope we get more Deathstroke, and I want more than just oh, we're on Lian Yu for two seconds, and I actually hope that we don't. No, you don't want any more Deathstroke. I think that they've done Deathstroke very well. Mm-hmm. And to bring him back now would just be like, here he is again. I, like, I can't see them doing it well again. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it's a shame, but I mean, we've got some excellent Deathstroke. Like, never forget that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I should 
count my chickens, I guess. I just don't like the way he, like, our last image of him is, like, getting beat by Thea Queen. And well, sure. I, I just don't want to have another, like, oh, we've got to get him out for whatever reason, or, oh, we've trapped several guys on the end, you, and now they're all free again. Like, like I don't see how they can bring him back and have me not roll my eyes. Yeah, that might be a little tough. But I, th- I think they got the writers that can pull it off. Um, well, I like to see it. Well, I don't know. I was gonna say I like to see them try, but that's I guess the opposite of what I just said. <laughs> are you are you juiced for Legends of Tomorrow? I am. Um, I'm interested to see. And you were saying uh, earlier, and I wanted to interject a bit about how you didn't like uh, Ray Palmer's costume as the Adam. And fortunately, the good thing about that character and the concept of him is he's someone who can always improve that suit. Yeah. And make it look cooler and make it better and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so I'm interested to see more of him in hero mode. Yeah, and we got to see him shrink at the end of, uh, which, you know, is his whole thing mm-hmm. in the comic books, and he actually got to shrink in the uh, in the preview there, and for that I was kind of like, oh, that's pretty sweet. And they brought uh, Katie, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, I think Katie Loitz is her name. She's going to be back as uh, this new character that kind of got White Canary. White Canary. Yeah, uh, White Canary is relatively new. Like, sh- there is a White Canary in the Green Arrow comics, but it's like a Chinese assassin that's trying to kill him. It's got nothing to do with this version that they're going to do. They're basically taking that name and then making her White Canary, and I think that's pretty cool. And to get to see Hawk Girl on, uh... I don't care much for, and and maybe this is an issue of timing, but I actually saw that trailer before I even started. I think season three of Arrow. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't know that she she was about to get. Pushed. I think I seen like the first episode where it's like, oh, she died, and like watched that, and I'm like, oh, I guess she gets revived. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm we, like, does yeah. she get revived during this season? But I mean, no. that was a strong motivator for this entire season. Now they're like, hey, and we're gonna undo it. <laughs> yeah, that, that I can see how that would kind of <laughs> like it seems cheap that's... to do it that soon. That's unfortunate timing. If at yeah. all. Yeah. But, you know, they'll just put her in the Lazarus Pit, which they can do with anybody. And that's one of the things, like, I love the Lazarus Pit stuff, but one of the things that sucks whenever you invoke the Lazarus Pit is it, you never truly believe anyone's ever going to be dead um, from that moment forward. Oh, sure. Well, and then that's kind of the trap that then we're going to go back to this. <laughs> that's kind of the trap that they kind of fell into in season three here is several times during the season we see characters die or suffer what should be fatal injuries and then they're fine. <laughs> um, Everyone gets, like, Oliver gets stabbed a few times, Roy fakes his death, he <laughs> dies and gets and Lazarus appa- pitted, everyone dies of, of, of apparently a fake poison gas in the penultimate episode. Yeah, and, like, apparently, yeah, apparently they've got that magic jelly that they can just rub, rub on your chest. Oh, it yeah, it's, it's a mass heals effect. Your run through, gel. <laughs> yeah, heals your run-through stab wound. But even, uh, in freaking Mass Effect, Mass Effect did not posit that a meta gel could uh, bring back he- the dead. <laughs> could bring back the dead or heal a stab wound. Like it was more like I've got a giant bruise because I'm wearing space armor, so the laser shot I just took has cracked my ribs, right? And mm-hmm. like this thing will dull the pain of my cracked ribs, I guess. So I don't know. That was the 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 the, the life giving jelly was a little tough for me to get behind. Um, one of the rumors floating around the net right now is that in the Batman Superman movie, okay, Batman will fight Superman with, wait for it, a kryptonite spear. Spear? 
Yeah, Batman with a spear. How does that grab you? Well, I'm glad it's not a ring because that's a classic thing that it might. Well, I mean, it might have been done in um, uh, Dark Knight Returns initially, and you can corroborate that if true. But uh, no, uh, I, I see the Kryptonite ring done so often that yeah, people the, who the, don't know Batman and Superman can reference the Kryptonite ring. <laughs> yeah, the Kryptonite ring. Uh, it wasn't in Dark Knight Returns. In Dark Knight Returns, uh, or um. Bruce synthesized kryptonite, like made like a crypt, uh, synthetic kryptonite gas kind of a thing okay. that he then uh, turned into an arrow, which he gave Oliver Queen and Oliver Queen shot the arrow at Superman. Superman catches the arrow and then uh, the thing blows up and then Superman ingests, you know, basically this kryptonite dust, which <laughs> basically makes him human for a short period of time, right? Enough that Batman's like, oh, this is going to be sweet, right? Like Knuckle crack. Yeah, and yeah, it does like the knuckle crack and just starts whooping Superman's ass. But yeah, the kryptonite ring is usually what they use in, or what they did before they rebooted the New 52. I don't know if the kryptonite ring still exists in the New 52. I don't think it does. I think Batman just kind of carries around a little bit of kryptonite and he's like, just in case, you know, right? Uh, Spear's an interesting choice, um, which makes me think that it's somehow going to tie in Wonder Woman. <laughs> Yeah, that's because the, of the two. <laughs> that's the thing, right? Because the spear ties nicely into the Wonder Woman universe. Yeah. Could theoretically tie nicely into Aquaman. Yeah, also true. Um, there's also a few people positing that the Spear of Destiny, which was a big DC plotline in the in I think the nineties, where uh, Vandal Savage tried to find the fabled Spear of Destiny that uh, well in the sixties. Uh, Hitler had the Spear of Destiny. Sure. And the Spear of Destiny... Sorry, 60s? Well, in the 60s. Oh, the comics was set in the 40s, but it was written, okay, written okay, in the okay, 60s. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, clear clear that up. I, I believe the comics were written in the 60s or 70s. I might be getting my decades mixed up. But what happened was during World War II, Hitler had the Spear of Destiny, and the Spear of Destiny was, in the DC universe, the spear that was used to stab Christ in the chest. Oh, yeah in christian mythology in, in christianity no, i was gonna say christian mythology but i don't want to offend anybody um uh and that you know spear boasts now magical properties because it contains the blood of christ on it right sure. so um hitler when he wields it it doesn't give him any magical powers but it basically creates this like bubble kind of around him and anyone who comes into that bubble loses their powers so the second superman gets near and batman tries <laughs> and tries to punch him he does no he no longer has his you know kryptonite strength or, or kryptonian strength um so theoretically it doesn't necessarily have to be a kryptonite spear it could be the spear of destiny that batman finds and does the same thing where he like sets the spear next to him and then, like, Superman goes in to try to punch Batman and, you know, can't because he's, when he gets near the spear, he is now immortal. And since Batman doesn't have superpowers, he can then do the, once again, oh, this is going to be sweet, <laughs> knuckle crack, and then start whooping Superman's ass. Hmm. So, uh, I don't know, does, does Batman with a spear get your juices flowing, though? Uh, with a spear, yes. I think Spear of Destiny is a bit too context-heavy for what is going to be one movie. 
Yeah. It, it seems like if you were going to have a series of movies, like, you know, MCU style, then yeah. it might be something that you kind of build It could have to. been their Infinity Gauntlet. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It seems more like something that you would build up to. Um, and and not so much that's like, you it, like, I don't know. I... It, I can see them trying to force it into one movie and it coming off pretty shitty. That's it. Yeah. There, <laughs> so that's it's got to say, I wish that they, a lot of that that they don't Superman. do it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of that in Batman Superman. It's because, like, I think screen junkies, and I'll, I'll give the, the, the screen junkies all the credit in the world for this joke, but, like, they did the... the they do those honest trailers. They did an honest teaser for the Batman Superman movie. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't. But it was essentially, at the end, it was like... Batman versus Superman, rush to the Justice League. Like, that was their... Yeah, yeah, no, I think you told me about that. Yeah, fake title for it, and I was just like, oh, God, it does feel like that, doesn't it? It's just them trying to rush to the Justice League as fast as possible. I don't know, Batman with the Spears kind of got me worried. I didn't like... The last time one of my boys fought with a spear, it didn't, it didn't work out well for that particular dude. Um, oh. I don't, yeah, I don't... Uh, Oh, Pierce. I know. I Sweet hate it. summer child. I know. I hate it. God damn it. That stupid show. Um, but that's next week. That show's next week. Um, I'm, I'm a few episodes behind. I'm throwing Well, times. you better get caught up because we got your Google be back on next week <laughs> doing our Game of Thrones spot. Oh, um, that's Jurassic- next week. Oh, yeah. Episode 9 was yesterday. Oh, sure. But, I mean, we're recording it next week. Oh, God, yeah. Episode 10 will be on Sunday. We'll be doing our... our uh, season review on monday oh boy okay so it's a little preview of next week um jurassic park should we go see it i i'm going to see it one way or another okay um geez that's coming out soon too isn't it yeah i don't know if we'll do a pod on it maybe we will we'll see but it, I it's, just, it's not really comic. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't really have to be though. It could be. It's, it's, a, it's a pop culture thing that has existed since the '90s. Mm. So, I mean, maybe we'll do a pod on it. But I think ultimately, I'll end up going to see this because I like Chris Pratt. But sure. uh, I, I, I think this. There's a lot of hype around this. People seem to either be on board or just completely off board. There doesn't seem to be any, or I seem to be on the the lone raft of that's kind of in between the love it or hate it or, or love it or hate it kind of thing or i'm just kind of like well much like a lot of things that we've discussed tonight i can see it being like i have i'm going to see it i'm on board like i've, I've committed to it but i can see it being disappointing <laughs> i think i think the expectations are that it's going to be like jurassic park one i think it's going to be more like jurassic park two which I was okay with. I didn't kind, mind yeah, Jurassic Park. Too. Yeah, kind of okay, kind of not great. Well, it wasn't as good as Jurassic Park 1. Wasn't as good as the first. I'm not one. expecting this to be as good as the first Jurassic Park. No. Let's make that very clear. Yes, I think it'll be a solid B, though, this this movie. I think it'll be a solid B, this Jurassic Park movie. Oh, sure. Like, I'll, I'll go on record saying I think it's going to be a solid flick. I definitely don't think it's going to be like Jurassic Park 3, where it's just a complete piece of crap. I never actually saw Jurassic Park 3. Maybe that's something we can do a comment around sometime. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> there are some rumors that DC is thinking about making a movie based on... Wait for it! Mm-hmm. The Question. Hmm. One of the most underrated... We've been talking a lot about underrated villains. He is one of the more underrated uh, hero characters in both DC and Marvel. He, he flies the DC flag. 
he would be incredibly easy to do a film noir type of movie on. And if, you, if you've never read the Question comics, um, think Rorschach, but with less psycho, <laughs> less psycho and murder uh, and more kind of conspiracy, theory conspiracy paranoia. <laughs> paranoia detective work type stuff. Um, with also a little bit of ass kicking because he can punch a guy in the face and knock them the fuck out. Oh, sure. Uh, he's basically like Batman, ex- except if Batman were completely paranoid. Actually, that's not a good description. But he's he's, he's like Batman if, if Batman didn't have tons of gadgets and was... If Batman were pure detective. Yeah, and was pure detective. And also kind of crazy. <laughs> well, Batman is extremely crazy, but like... That's a... <laughs> but Batman has his wits about him. In the, sure. Yeah, whereas... Uh, Basically, the question is Batman if Batman was a 9-11 truther. I was going to say, yeah, if Batman had a tinfoil cowl. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, if Batman had a tinfoil cowl. That's a great way of putting it. <laughs> oh, like, I think it would be so easy. And, like, you could invoke, and if DC wants to do this, like, thing where they cross over guys, it'd be very easy to fit the question and Batman together. So much so that a character who was created in the Batman animated series and comics, Renee Montoya, eventually becomes the question. Mm-hmm. Like and oh man, and she is awesome too because like the like as see, I haven't seen that. I haven't read that version of the question. Oh, you really should. You, you, and I, you I've heard good things. I just you haven't. would love that Miller. Absolutely, you should. You it it should. seems right up my alley from what I've heard. I'll get it for you for your birthday. Um, Netflix Marvel Phase Two. They announced what they're going to do for Phase Two. Have you have you heard these names? I don't know. Only three names out so far. I don't know if they're going to announce more. Now, um, oh, Daredevil. Netflix-specific Marvel Phase 2. Yes, yes. Netflix-specific. Well, because we already so know this Phase... This is after, like, the AKA Jessica Jones. And... Yeah, so Phase 1 is Daredevil Season 1, uh, AKA Jessica Jones, then uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and then... One of them has been released, and they've already announced Phase 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too much, but okay, what's going on? Well, Phase 2... Well, I think Phase 2 is couple years down the line because like later this year we're gonna get jessica jones and then they i they still kind of want to do a defenders but these are the names they've released punisher okay that easily translates into the netflix model yeah definitely ghost rider (laughs) yeah i've never been a ghost rider fan but i may pop in for this one um but, but so we, I, I never thought I'd be a Thor fan. So yeah, if we were, if well, Thor, I at least knew some of the plot line behind, and I did enjoy certain Thor moments in the comic. I've never enjoyed. I've never had a Ghost Rider moment where I'm like, hey, I want to read Ghost Rider. Like, just not my thing. It's a total '90s look to the character. It's, it's absolutely it's, grunge. Yeah, it's so grunge and dumb, and just like falls into that Spawn type of '90s dark nonsense and i just i yep. so but i'm the fact that marvel's doing so much to the point where i'm like all right let's try to redeem ghost rider from the nick cage nonsense go right ahead and the final one my personal favorite blade Ooh. yes i thought That's, that one i thought that one would intrigue that me. could be good as a serial yeah that's think, interesting well what was it spike tv tried to do a, a very short-lived uh Blade. Oh, that's right. Remember that? Oh, my they, God. They I, tried to I never watched it, but I saw the commercials for they it. Basically, it something else. Yeah, and they basically tried to... They didn't even try to do it off the 
comic books. They they tried to do it off the Wesley Snipes movies, right? Where it was just, he was still big black guy blade and a flak jacket. And a, stuff. Copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah, it was a copy of a copy, and it wasn't nearly as fun like the first one with Wesley Snipes was. And I think they, I I'm fairly certain that uh, show was canceled very quickly to the point where even Spike TV was like, yeah, we're not gonna show all these episodes because <laughs> I think they made like a 12 episode season and canceled it after like the first four episodes and then like later released the rest of the episodes on DVD or something like that. Oh man. So hopefully I'm, I, I'm willing to bet that this one will be a lot better than that one. Um, Tilda, Tilda Swinton was announced as the ancient one for the Benedict Cumberbatch, Dr. Strange movie. Awesome. Yeah, I go oh God, yes. Um, I just I she'll be fantastic. She'll knock that um, out of the she'll knock that out of the park. I just oh sure. I mean, it's it's like getting these. Um, it's fun when you get these old timers in the movies. Yeah, like well, um, like uh, Michael Douglas and Ant Man and uh, yeah. and um, Anthony Hopkins as Thor, as uh, Odin. <laughs> yeah, and it's like oh huh, okay. Yeah, and. Uh, Rene Russo in Thor as well. Right, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was another one. Um, that was one actually. Yeah, you're right. Somebody suggested why can't Tilda Swinton play Doctor Strange, and my head nearly exploded because <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, that would be so awesome!" Mm. I've, <laughs> like, heard, I've heard so many good casting yeah. ideas. Gender bent Doctor Strange. Oh my god. Um, the rumors that Charlize Theron is going to play Carol Danvers. Awesome. Like I would shit. I would fucking shit. And well, my, my to... fan cast, and it's just because I want to see all my Game of Thrones actors do other things. But my fan cast is still uh, Gwendolyn Christie, but uh, yes. Charlize Theron would be awesome. Yeah, and I still I... have to see fucking Mad Max. Yes, go see Mad Max because like the entire time I, I was watching Mad Max, I was thinking, why can Charlize Theron play? Like I need like if anyone can come up with one reason why Charlize Theron cannot play uh, Wonder Woman, like I need that. Because like Charlize Theron can can do the whole like I'm a I'm a warrior and I'm a beast and um also a woman <laughs> I'm but I'm also an attractive woman mm-hmm. <laughs> that no man can handle right like yeah well, just, my my fan cast for Wonder Woman like ten years ago and I think that it might be too late now with uh, Jennifer Connelly <laughs> yeah that one's not bad um it's certainly better than Gal Gadot uh, well yes I mean <laughs> that's a low bar. <laughs> But, uh, oh man, um, but that's not here nor there. Um, last one, and then we'll let you go. Um, uh, they announced the director of Aquaman, James Wan. So is it James Cameron? <laughs> no, it's not James Cameron. <laughs> It'd be pretty awesome if it was James Cameron, if oh, Entourage right. predicted the future on that. Oh, that movie's bombing, by the way. Oh, I don't I know imagine. Of course it is. <laughs> well, I think I thought about it and I was like, cause like, I didn't want to go see Entourage. Uh, the movie. I didn't are, want. Were you morbidly curious? No, I would like if I did, it would have been out of sheer morbid curiosity. But like, I was like, if I go, it's gonna be the same thing. It's just gonna be. It's it'll be like an hour and a half long episode of Entourage, and Entourage only works like if Entourage was an hour long show, it would have been unwatchable because there's no way you could have stayed with those four guys for longer than half hour at a time. Oh sure. Right. Like, um, but like if you think about it. Their primary audience, because it's been like six or seven years since that show was on the air, their primary audience of early, late teens, early 20-year-olds 
are all now in their late 20s, early 30s, right? Yep. They all have, they're like you and me. They've got houses. They've got mortgage payments. Some of them, they're probably married, and getting kids. married, have <laughs> kids and stuff. And when you're in that phase of your life, you think less about like, hey, you know, riding around in a Aston Martin you know, yeah. and, boy, it's funny when Jeremy Piven swears a lot. Yeah, like, like, they, like they're all grows up now. Like, they're the core audience for that show is all grows up now and is unwilling to shell out. Well, that's what makes it unbelievable as you're yeah. watching this. It's like, oh, here are these actors, and they're they're still being these guys, but they're you know in their mid thirties and drama's case, you know, approaching probably like mid fifties. Fifty. Oh yeah. God, it's so bad. Like, it's just. Yeah, like I'm, I'm maybe that gets addressed because, like, and, and it, it, it always was like a quote unquote male version of Sex of the City, but like Sex of the City had a core audience of females of all ages, like from range, like, like females ages 16 and up were like that was their show, their well, show. Sure. Plus, I and, think Sex in the City characters were generally likable. Well, uh, I don't know. I never really watched it. Like, I knew, like, Kim Cattrall was the was the slut. That was really all I knew about <laughs> Kim Cattrall, who threw out the first pitch of today's Jays game, by the way. <laughs> like, was, Interesting. Was, did she get to the mound? Yeah. Well, did I don't know. I, I don't know. But she did, like, a super, wind, like, underhandy windmill. She wound up, like, three times and then underhanded it with a wind. Oh, sure. Got it the whole way. I, I can't remember in the gif if she went to the mound or not. Uh, but uh, g- got it there, and uh, she is Canadian though. I think she's from BC, Kim Cattrall. So uh, she's probably actually a Jays fan in in that regard. Uh, but, uh, so there's our sports tie-in. For <laughs> yeah, there's our Sex and the City's last baseball reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happened here uh, first. It so titled this episode first. "Tangents with a Z." Yeah, and uh, <laughs> man, the uh, like. So James Wan is directing Aquaman. What do I know him from? I'm not familiar with this name. I'll give you his list. Like I won't give you his whole list, but I'll give you most of his list. Sure. And you'll notice a pattern up until the hard right that um, he takes with the last one. And that hard right may go out of one building into a middle building. But then that car might not be able to break in that middle building so it might have to go flying out at 200 miles an hour out of that second building into a third building before it is able to stop it's a hard right into a fireworks factory on the edge of a cliff so james wan made his directorial debut with saw the first one okay he directed saw 2 and then gave up the saw franchise passed over the reins to somebody else he went over and then he did dead silence okay he then did Insidious, sure, another horror movie. Mm-hmm. Did The Conjuring, mm-hmm. and there's a few other horror movies. And then, and then Furious Seven was his latest huh. directorial movie. Yeah, well, that movie featured a lot of hard rides off of cliffs and into buildings. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a good reference. A third Fast and Furious reference. Yep. Um, um, hmm. And he's on board for Aquaman. And he's on board for Aquaman. Um, with Jason Momoa, it's going to be him. It's going to be James Wan and Jason Momoa, double J, if you will, on this movie. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm I'm nervous, but the, it's it's just it's it's a, seems like a strange choice to me to get the. I 
reserve judgment on all future DC movies until I see Justice, until I see Batman Superman. <laughs> ah, that's not going to be a good one to dovetail off of. I feel like, of course, it isn't. I feel like the Suicide. But if 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 I can give Batman Superman a B in some sort of fantastic universe yeah. that I'm imagining, mm-hmm. then I could see myself being excited potentially, potentially for an Aquaman movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, I just, that's why that was one of my favorite jokes on Entourage. Yeah, I'm, I'm it's like, oh, we're making an Aquaman movie, and it's going coming out alongside Spider-Man Two, and it's got it's being directed by James Cameron. Like, oh, that was hilarious. To me. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, he could pull it off. I mean, Furious Seven was an insane movie. I mean, that wasn't his script, right? He was just like, all right, <laughs> you know, I'll do it. But yeah. I mean, I just assume, I, I, at the very least, I think James Wan will do. Jeff Johns, awesome. You know, like like Jeff Johns has basically spent the last ten years um, turning Aquaman into a badass, right? And I'm fairly certain he'll do, you know, badass Aquaman, as opposed to you know, kind of the super friends, super, super frenzy type Aquaman. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Well, I guess only time will tell. Only time will tell. I, I have I withhold a reaction for now. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I don't know what to say because like what what do you do when 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 the guy's background is like basically he did a bunch of horror movies and then now he's and then one Fast and Furious and now he's doing Aquaman. I mean, there's there's no way to to. Yeah, well, I've never know, seen any of those movies except yeah. Fast Seven. I don't very little about Aquaman, and I don't know what the general tone or aesthetic is going to be for any of these characters. So I've almost no context for a for a reaction here. Well, we'll have to wait until we see a trailer or oh, something. Oh, for sure, definitely. And even then, trailers don't always, you know, like like you can if you get a brilliant editor, he can cut together a great trailer for uh, Just to go back to something that we were talking about like twenty goddamn minutes ago. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> just to make this episode even longer, um, the question movie. Wouldn't you prefer to see that as like a recurring character on Arrow or something? I don't see a movie being the best. Well, the I best just, environment for that character. The question would be so easy though, because you could make like an hour and a half long film noiry type old school detective movie. <laughs> but yeah, that like that. Is, I'm not saying it would be easy. I just don't know that it'd be the best. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's certainly a debatable. Uh, God, that's like a whole other podcast oh, for sure. you and me. Uh, it's certainly debatable. Like if Netflix was like, like if Netflix said we're going to do a 13 episode series on the question, mm. you know, like I would shit. I would fucking shit. Well, of course I would. Like, yeah, exactly. That's I'd be like, oh my right. god. <laughs> But yeah, but, but uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is, and you know, I might be biased here because when we're talking about putting the question in Arrow alongside like Huntress and Black Canary and stuff like that, like yeah. what we're talking about is season two of the Justice League yeah, animated yeah. Justice yeah. League Unlimited. I'd be down for it. If, if which, in my like, opinion, is the greatest thing DC has ever done. <laughs> yeah, if they're gonna if they're gonna bring down uh, or if they're gonna bring him in, like question into the like I fully support bringing question into the Stephen Amell. Arrow CW universe. Yeah, the Arrowverse. I I fully support that. So that's a, I think that's a good way to end. Like you and me begging for question in season four of Arrow after we Please. do a, after we do a season three review. Well, and 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 uh, actually, then if I can just have a capstone on this conversation, yeah. um, 
who would you like for a season four adversary? Well, I think we discussed it earlier. I think they're heading to, uh, to the hive. I, I think it's I think it's time we 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 went into the hive. Okay. And just start doing that. But if you want to throw, because like hive, you know what? Now that we've done it, hive, a lot of conspiracies around hive. Well, sure. Yeah. And, and bring I think in. Be, yeah, bring, I know? think that would be a great way to introduce yeah. the question. Organization that's secretly running shit. That's right up the questions alley. You get yeah, absolutely. And, and so what I was kind of aiming at here, and and that's a great point. And so I'm actually going to change my answer. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, if they get to a season five, um. I think that actually having the Argus um, kind of switch would be a good one, mm-hmm. and they, and they have a lot. They would have a good precedent for it. And I don't want to say that they should make an exact mirror of what happened in the Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. But by the time we get to season five of Arrow, we'll be at season three of Flash. We'll probably be at season two of uh, Supergirl. Like there's a lot of precedent for mm-hmm. humans in this universe, assuming that Supergirl shares the universe, but even just the flash for humans who have some sort of power and are not meta and the world's getting crazier and crazier every day to want to have some way to protect themselves and to kind of mirror that storyline. Yeah, I mean, like, because, like, we already know, like... And for Oliver to have, like, a sort of struggle with himself and it being the ordinary guy who is also a superhero. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, it, it, it all sounds brilliant. So, you and me booking for season four to be... Season four Hive. <laughs> season four to be Hive conspiracy-based and for them to bring in the question. It'd be pretty easy to bring in the question because you wouldn't have to pay any sort of actor, like, well-known actor to do it because you never show us his face anyway right so oh, like, sure. you could pay some dude 10 bucks an hour i don't know but i mean uh, they, they showed raz al ghul that's <laughs> against, true right? against everything i thought this show would never yeah. do so well because we know we're getting probably gorilla grod in season two of flash and we're definitely getting vandal savage well and that, that's even more flash reason for like a season five four. argus thing right yeah <laughs> because how crazy was that gorilla shit <laughs> oh god <laughs> in central city <laughs> um oh, that was wacky well, so that puts a capper on Arrow. Mm-hmm. That puts a capper on the Flash. So next time you and me do one of these season review stuff, you're going to have to go through all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, yeah, I got to on that too. Yeah, you're going to have to try to get through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so that we can do a capper on Season 2 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, I got a lot of problems with Season 2 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., let me tell you. Well, I'm only half through and so do i <laughs> it is not great so when you're through with that we'll uh we'll get you back on and we'll talk some agents of shield i'm sure we'll get you back on for some commentaries and stuff and you'll be back next week because next week we're going to do our game of thrones uh season recap for because like there, there's some 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 shit going down in that show so mm-hmm. we've gotta we gotta have a conversation. i got a lot of a lot of thoughts percolating on that on season two of uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a lot to say on on season two of, of or season five of Game of Thrones. So Kevin Miller, great having you once again. It's always a pleasure, buddy. Do you have anything you want to plug before you go, or um, I'll, I'll plug my friend Adam's podcast again. I know he's been getting some good response, and uh, actually just hit uh, his first year anniversary of nice. um, the uh, HI one hundred and one podcast. His last uh, two-part episode was on the Meiji Restoration, which is basically Feudal Japan coming to the modern era in, like, 
a very short span of time, uh, which was actually really interesting. So uh, if you're into that, I suggest giving it a listen. Absolutely. You should try to get me, you should try to get me on that show. Cause I'd, I'd like to do a show where I don't, you know, have to if you have a notes, topic right? in mind, I can certainly pitch it to him. All right, so uh, I was looking for people, but you'd have to come to KW to do it. He does uh, absolutely. I'd love to do an in studio. Um, and we're gonna get you in studio for the Fantastic Four one too. Oh god, oh, that's, yeah. that's gonna be our first in studio. We're gonna actually do an in studio podcast before this is done. We're gonna do a commentary track to the uh, Jessica Alba Fantastic Four in lieu of the new Fantastic Four coming out. But that one's a month old. So I look forward to August. Yeah, so look forward to August on that one. Um, Kevin Miller, congrats on the new house. Well, thank you very much. And sir. thanks again for coming out. Yeah, and good luck with your window. <laughs> oh god. <laughs>